0: The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids, the solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. And for many, a very windy Monday is upon us. Sean Hackett joins us with Hackett Financial Advisors Incorporated. And Sean, lots of things. You and I were just talking before we started the Final Bell. The concerns out there, and it's a concern that will continue, has been this weather. It has definitely been a weather market from 2017 into now, planting issues, but it's not just here in the United States. There's a global picture, and you're really talking about Russia and Ukraine as something we need to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, I think this is the next big, what I call new weather story, or new fundamental that's going to start to really drive the market psychology higher. Russia... You know, over the last five years to eight years has literally tripled wheat production and become, you know, a dominant exporter. And so if they, you know, if their crop comes up very short, there is no to who from that. I mean, if their crop, the Ukraine and Russia have a hundred million metric tons of rice, of uh, wheat production, you know, if their crop was off, let's say 15 to 20 percent, that's almost, you know, the entire ending stocks wheat stocks of the U.S., so just to put that in perspective, how large of a number that could be, um, and the next 30 days could, could really, really um, put that into play because it's the key uh, post-dormancy heading phase for their winter wheat, and um, and right now the winter does not look promising, and we think this could really, really blow the wheat market, especially the winter wheat market, much, much higher and drag corn and soybeans with it.
0: You know, we've heard for so long that there was just an abundance of wheat globally, and there wasn't a concern. But the page has turned, and it sounds like there is more of a concern out there.
1: Well, there's always enough supply until there's not. Um, and, and when you combine the U.S. production problems, and now what it appears to be Russian-Ukraine weather problems, that lost production, remember, we had low prices for, for four years now, and so demand has really been firing up. Everyone's been... Saying you know, use as much of it as you can, and, and and now when you get a, a bad weather year, which we haven't had in a while, very very really quickly, you know those were abundant supplies quickly become uh, less so, oh, and we're really entering a point where they're not going to be not uh, you know getting less tight, but I mean they could actually be coming uh, pretty scarce, at least for the higher quality kinds of weight. So it's it's really turned around in a hurry, but that's just the way sometimes Mother Nature operates.
0: Here in the U.S., how much of a concern is it to you guys with a slower start to the planting, though, as we all know, it's starting to get underway and it'll, it'll make up for lost ground pretty quick?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we have not really gotten too excited about it. You know, we've kind of told our customers to, you know, not really, you know, get too, too bullish about it. I mean, if, if there is any impact that we, that we see, you know, we think maybe spring wheat acres could, call, could dial back a little bit because we do think some of the uh delayed planting up there may not catch up. So if if we were to see any impact, I think it would be maybe some you know, spring wheat acres going over to soybeans or something of that nature. But for the most part we think whoever wants to plant soybeans and corn will get most of it in the ground, albeit slightly delayed, but, but we still think it'll be in in, in in sufficient time. So we're not feeling planting is gonna be a major issue, at least the way the weather's looking right now looks pretty pretty good right now.
0: It looks like we got a new high on the December corn contract.
1: We did, and the other thing for corn that we're monitoring is that the safrina crop, which is the second crop corn in Brazil, is pollinating right now. A month of May is when they pollinate, and, you know, it's got very, very dry in that region. Um, a lot of heat's coming in. If you remember a couple of years back, they had a hot dry uh, late April and the May, and the corn crop went from being super good to super bad literally in 30 days. And so it's it's a little bit too early to, to say you know, that the crop is seriously compromised, but you know, we're certainly 30 days of hot dry weather away from saying we're going to have to dial back those numbers even more, so we think that could be a driver for corn, and maybe right now the market is starting to maybe nudge some weather premium from the safrinha corn drought in there right now, and it could escalate that if this weather pattern holds out for next week or two.
0: What are we looking at export-wise? I mean, we talked a little bit about the global market, and it's been pretty quiet, to what we've seen on global pickups on export numbers.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty quiet. I mean, I, I think, you know, there was a lot of product that was bought earlier in the year and so, uh, you know, with all the tariff concerns uh, and, and all the, the uncertainties around that, I think there was a lot of extra buying that might have taken place from buyers that were not wanting to, you know, get caught in something that they didn't, or, uh, that they weren't comfortable with. And also, as South America's harvest gets going, you know, certainly the U.S., Tends to lose some export vitality this time of the year, um, so it tends to be a quiet, quieter time for, for U.S. exports. But what I will say that you know if the weather nature continues to fire up, you know for a little while longer, I think the buyers will be right back, not wanting to take a chance. You know, they will have to pay you know, even higher prices than they uh, than they have been. So it, I think it's a pause, but I don't think it's you know very long if this weather persists for much longer.
0: Thoughts? We do get another crop progress report out this afternoon. Do you have any thoughts as to what you might see number wise?
1: I I don't know the specific number that, you know, but I think we're gonna show we made a lot of progress. I think the gap, you know, when you look at the chart of what we're supposed to be to where we were last week, I, I think we're gonna narrow that gap, you know, pretty significantly and, and show that, you know, we're, the US farmer is well on his way to you know, getting the crop in the ground for the most part. I I think it's gonna show and I think most people are expecting that, I think it's gonna show a pretty rapid uh, recovery and, um, and and alleviate a lot of those concerns that the market may have started to build in a few weeks ago
0: are we starting to see some maybe narrowing of the ethanol margins at this point
1: we are you know we're certainly seeing that um, and, and not to be expected it's just like any any product whether it's uh, bean meal or bean oil you know, have a crush margins you know, you, you're gonna have periods where you're paying them a lot of money to do it and times when, when you're paying them a lot less and so we're in a period where margins are getting tighter and we would expect some domestic demand for ethanol to pull back a little bit. And we do know that a lot of the ethanol producers did buy a lot of corn and they have a lot of the corn already kind of in hand for the next at least six months and in cases, even nine months. So, so a lot of the buying that came in from ethanol probably behind us for, for, for now.
0: All right. Well, stick around, folks. We are listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. We do have more coming up in just a few moments. Sean Hackett joins us with Hackett Financial Advisors on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're being joined by Sean Hackett, President of Hackett Financial Advisors. And Sean, one of the things I love when having you on this Fontanel Final Bell is the expertise that you have in the dairy industry. One of one of few commodity guys out there that really truly understands the ins and outs of the market. And I'm I'm excited for our dairy producers because you're talking about this market taking off and that there's room to run. I love that.
1: Well, earlier in the year, as you know, you know we were super bullish on on dairy, despite most everyone thinking there was no hope for the future. And, and we have really been starting to see prices take off. It's really been a combination of incredible demand for U.S. dairy exports and, and also domestically. We saw 4% domestic demand for cheese in the U.S. in month of February. Normally, our cheese demand runs between one5 and 2%. 4% domestic demand on top of 20 to 25% export demand. It's just simply phenomenal. So we have a, we have a demand-driven bull market that's being exacerbated by two years of New Zealand production being very, very bad due to some very, very poor weather they've had. And so if you look at the GDT auctions that they put on every two weeks, you can see that the supplies that they're being offered at the GDT auction are at the lowest levels in eight to 10 years. And so when when one of your largest exporters is offering eight to 10-year lows in supplies, everyone has to go searching elsewhere for them. And the US is becoming a popular destination. after driving the market higher. And we really feel that you know we're nowhere near seeing prices high enough to thwart that demand growth, and so we think prices could really continue to set new highs here over the next month or two before it might reach you know some kind of a summer high point. So we're we're very excited, and we really think it's going to give the dairy farmer a good chance to sell a profitable price when he uh, you know hasn't had a lot of opportunities in the last few months to do that. So.
0: So for that dairy producer, what are you suggesting, or maybe somebody who wants to invest into this dairy industry, what are some things that they need to look at to make sure that their ducks are in a row as they get ready to make that move?
1: Well, the most important thing that that we see is that dairy producers need to always make sure they're looking at both sides of their balance sheet. What I mean by that is you can't just market your milk and not take care of your feed needs or you just can't take care of your feed needs and not market your milk. I see so many dairy producers that say, I I got my feed taken care of for the last couple of years and have no milk sold. I can't make any money. You really have to make sure that when you have a good deal on your feed and you get a good, you you have to match match the two and make sure that you're always, you're not totally naked on one side or the other. And so I would very much encourage those that are looking to get into the business, make sure they have a very good, solid plan on both sides to make sure that they're locking in margin and taking away... The volatility risks that are in all our markets. Um, then I think they have a good long-term future if they do
0: that. Let's look at the opposite side of the dairy industry, and that's that's the cattle futures with with these animals. Uh, cash side looks like it's kind of been undeveloped. Are we going to see just a, a shorter show distribution list? Are we waiting on some decent inventory? What are you hearing out in the country?
1: We I mean, on the cattle side? Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we kind of had this this big crash in prices. You know, as you know, um, that we had been kind of forecasting. And, and then we had been, we had a violent bounce. And, so, and then we're sort of backing and feeling. I think a lot of the buyers are just kind of waiting around to see, you know, if, is that just a blip and we're off the way to new lows? Or, or, or have we, have we're forming a bottom and a credible move to some kind of a seasonal summertime mid-peak. And so I think right now where we are, buyers are aren't sure whether they should be aggressive or, or not. So they're just sitting back and waiting to see. You know, if the market is, is, is truly bottomed or not. And I think the minute that it shows its, its cause, we think it's bottomed. We think we're in bottoming phase. And we think once we get a, another surge higher, we think the cash market will come alive and really show some vitality, especially as the market, uh, as the weather begins to warm up and we start bringing that seasonal, uh, seasonal demand that's been delayed this year because it's been so cold for so much longer than normal, you know.
0: We saw some triple digit losses as well this morning in the feeder cattle market.
1: Yeah, we do. I mean, the silver kind of market is always, uh, you know, kind of a we call it the thoroughbred of of, of the two. You know, the, the fats are always a little more uh, stable, um, but you know, we just think it's part. You know, when, when we're near major tops or near major lows, we tend to see some wide swings back and forth as the market's trying to determine. It mean what it means is a lot of uncertainty. When the market's trending up or it's trending down, you tend to just be continue to move in that kind of a the pace, whereas when the market's gyrating like it has been, it's saying the market isn't sure anymore. It's getting more uncertain. And usually, that's a precursor to the market turning higher. But still, when we look at the supplies that are here and the supplies that are coming, those large supplies still scare buyers a lot of times. And we got some big numbers in the Catalan feed port that, that came out. That uh, you know that, that brings concern. In. But we still feel demand will be good enough for a lot of credible rally here. So. Huh.
0: Bring on the month of May. Hard to believe May 1st is already tomorrow. It's true. Well, if there is a producers out there, especially our dairy guys, and the depth that you went on the dairy side of it today, producers that want to sit down and talk to you some more, Sean, what's the best way to reach you and your team?
1: Uh, the two best ways is we're website at hacket H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors, with an S, dot com, or they can give us a direct call at 561-573-3766. And our website or us can give them more information and, and try to guide them best we can.
0: All right, that is the Fontanel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.
1: You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.